0: It's Tuesday, which means it's travel. And I'm joined now by Moncon McGann, our whiz kid on these matters. And of course, I'm just back from my holiday. So I'm very much in travel mode, Moncon. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you got for me? Oh, did you get on okay with Shane Coleman and Bobby Kern? They were very
1: kind to me. Yeah. They looked after me. I was sad. With Bobby, we looked at Palestinian, which was in Palestine, which I would have loved to have debated with you. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, he was being very polite, but he wasn't saying, why are we? Why are we looking here? Why are we in a in a revolutionary zone?
0: I, I would presume we have opposite views of
1: Palestine, but what are we doing today? So I want to look at um a revolutionary holidays. So let's say if all of the focus this year, particularly with tourists coming to Ireland, is nineteen sixteen, how do other nations manage to make their revolutionary experience into a tourist experience?
0: That's a great
1: idea. Yeah. And because
0: like, it, one of the ones that was very interesting I remember going to Warsaw and like following the, the like the Warsaw ghetto and the destruction of the city by the Germans and all that sort of stuff you know and and it, really there are great places to go and yeah. some of them do it better than others
1: Exactly and if we're, so if we're looking at the idea there's so much more to travel and to holidays than just relaxing you, you know it can be a cultural experience it can be a mind expanding experience and to be fair we finally that in Dublin this year, this you know it, it was we did de- we didn't know how to tell our history. People was the the real zealots would go to Kilmainham Jail, but otherwise there was no alternative. Now I mean there was always you know Tommy Graham who does history often in news talk. Uh, he looks at different elements of history. He he has always got his Dublin history walking tours. That's a like it's a collection of different historians, and depending on what area you want, they'll show you a different part of Dublin. But you know this year we've seen along with all the Viking splash tours these Crosley ten tenders, these replicas of original nine. 19- 19, uh, 1910s and 1920s British military vehicles, which will bring you on a tour around Ireland, around Dublin, around the GPO and Marion Square. So, like that, that's come on a new uh, an option. Now, the CIE has this, or Bus Airn has an option uh, beyond the barricades, which is a double-decker bus that, again, it'll bring you to the Abbey, Kilmaine, and Four Courts. Um, and then there's this great there's a, a company which is The Rise of the Rebels which is two actors on board another double-decker bus they get out and sp- like quote great oratories and great speeches from the past in significant areas so that's how they're doing it. in Dublin I decided let's look abroad and the, the main point that like what, what started our revolution in Ireland was basically the revolution in, revolutions in America and, and primarily I suppose the one in France um, and they are like we go to, to Paris to shop or maybe just to indulge ourselves, but in fact, the history there of um, Marie Antoinette and of King Louis the Sixteenth is so strong.
0: Uh, well, the interesting thing is, like, mm. particularly you talk about going to Versailles. Like every two years, for as long as I've been alive, like zillions of people go over over every two years to Paris for the French match, and nobody thinks, you know, this is the where the French Revolution. Yeah. Nobody yeah, yeah. thinks that, including yeah. me. I and never enough. thought it with all my love of history. Yeah. So what would I do now if I went to Paris? because if it, that was a bloody revolution <laughs> it so, certainly was Yeah. so yeah. there's going to be certain plenty
1: of blood so uh, yeah. and, what, and the beauty you... is because Paris is so well preserved the buildings are all there so there's a, again a, there's a series you can do it uh, I mean there's a number of walking tours or you can do it on fat bikes which is just these new craze in bicycles with huge tyres and they'll bring you around the sort of significant areas the Louvre the Champs Elysees the Place de the best one now is a running tour so it covers in t- twenty kilometers in two hours. It's called Paris Running Tour, and basically they will answer those questions: What led to this revolution? While you run, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, okay. Uh, like you know, where did how did the guillotine work? So I suppose the main area to start is Les, Les Invalides, this beautiful. French militaristic building that you see often when you're on the way to the Eiffel Tower, and it just looks like a, a you know a beautiful 18th century building. In fact, this was the area that the crowds first stormed. They realised they wanted to break down the Bastille, you know, the great prison where their rebel leaders were held inside. So they needed arm- ammunition. They stormed Les Invalides, stole thirty thousand arms, uh, and ran off again. But before that, there was six hundred Swiss guards, you know, defending it. Okay, they attacked the six hundred Swiss guards. They hack off their private parts and feed them to dogs. Like if we have, you know, if we're trying to get over some of our more violent incidents of 1916, like the French don't, the mob don't do it in half ways. So, and it's brilliant to be in this beautiful area right on the banks of the Seine and um, and being told, being told these incredibly bloody stories. So I suppose then, you know, the peak of it all is... So, you know, the Bastille prison clearly is no longer there because they destroyed it in, in the revolution. But the Place de Bastille is still a main quarter. The other one is the Place de la Concorde, which just looks like a modern big road junction until you're told... That there is exactly where the guillotine was. I,
0: I couldn't tell you how many times I've been in Place de la Concorde mm-hmm. and nobody ever said this is where yeah, the guillotine yeah, was. Exactly. It's extraordinary.
1: I know. You just you, you'll you'll but see But the you're... French
0: don't do it very well.
1: Yeah. I, I, I put it
0: there now. Mm-hmm. They don't do it very well.
1: No, well, I mean, that was the problem. It really was a revolution of the masses. And France, actually, the the elite did take over Paris, particularly the control of Paris, and that was not a message that they wanted to send out. So, like, the main building now on the Place de la Bastille is the Hotel du Crayon. For once, I'm leading you to, like, a luxurious five-star hotel. Built in 1909, but it still has all the atmosphere of an 18th-century hotel. It's where Madonna stayed and where the Dalai Lama stayed. I love the fact that they might have met each other in the corridor, but I don't think they did. But right outside the doorway is where the guillotine stood. In other words, where Louis says, was strapped to a board, to a plank, and brought up to, as it said, the metal razor, you know, the guillotine which beheaded him, and then where all the nice Parisian women dipped their handkerchiefs into his blood and smeared it and smelt (laughs) it and smeared it in their skin. Like, they were were vicious. If we think, you know, as I said, our legacy is slightly bloody, it is nothing uh, compared to that. So otherwise, it's all the buildings where Marie Antoinette was, it was imprisoned. So first, in beside the Louvre, you know, the Tuileries Gardens. And again, you just walk around the Tuileries Gardens and think, oh, how lovely the regal life was. Um, but in fact, this was where she was imprisoned during that whole reign of terror. And then even more, there's this beautiful building, the original Palais, Palais de la Cité, the original, like, the king, the royal palace in the heart of the city from the 5th century right up until the 14th century when they moved over to the Louvre. Um, is now known, it was the Palais de la City, it's now la Concierge, Concierge. And that was where, it was, of course, it was like the, the antechamber of death. So it was the Palace of Justice during the, 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 the revolution and anyone who was in any way difficult was brought in here and basically tortured uh, and then imprisoned in deep excretion. Marie Antoinette was kept there. She had her own sort of private uh, cell, which had wallpaper. It wasn't as bad. And there's now this this gorgeous um, chapel, this Gothic chapel built on on top of it during the Restoration, with with stained glass. So, like, you're seeing great artwork, but in fact, it's the it's the it's the torture and the suffering. The history is on top and of and it's a doddle to get to. Yeah. I mean, you can jump on an Air flight and you're in Paris. Exactly. Yeah, and some some of the cafes that the revolutionaries plotted their ideas are still. Uh, are still being used today. So, like, the Cafe Procope on Boulevard Saint Germain was where Voltaire and Rousseau and Danton used to meet. Really? Yeah, and they have Voltaire's desk there. They have a postcard that Marie Antoinette sent. It's like, it's very near. Although this is the 17, 1790s, it's still, you know, there's still yeah, because, loads of Because, I mean, of its again,
0: own. I would have gone down the Boulevard Saint Germain mm-hmm. many times. I yeah.
1: mean, would probably walk past that place. Exactly. Not realise. That's really interesting. Mm. Where else do you want to go? I want to bring us to a more modern revolution. So, a few months. Ago, about a year ago now, we looked at Estonia. And to my shame, we looked at the capital Tallinn, this beautifully preserved, this like the new Prague of, of Eastern Europe. But it, And we looked at that city and we never talked about This was the heart of the singing revolution. So, you know, so many different countries came out under the yoke of massive empires. But what the Baltic states did by singing their way to freedom against the might was a phenomenal concept. It's up there with Gandhi's Salt March, you know. So what it is, the Baltic people, for them, singing has always been key, okay. So So they're like the Welsh in that regard. Yeah. In
0: regard for singing. Exactly. But
1: even more profound. Like, they've been singing before Christianity. So the idea was they were singing to the divas, which are the gods, the fairies and gods out in the forest and out in the woodland in the air. Okay? Their way of communicating them in ancient times was singing. They never lost that. right? So along comes the 19th century when all of Europe was getting into nationalism, nationalism again and finding their own identity. After you know, being under like, the, the, the Estonians and the Latvians had been under the Tsars for 200 years. So they, they look back and they say, our main cultural thing is our songs. And they collect up their songs and they realise Latvians have 1.3 million folk songs. 1.3 million, okay? So in 1863, they have a festival, a song festival, and hundreds of thousands of people come out. And every year since 1863, every five years, there is this massive crowding of up to 300,000 people in the one area singing together. Right? So they all, they're all they all happy. They have this 20 years of peace. So, as I said, 200 years under the Tsars. Then after the First World War, they get their own independence. They become countries for a tiny time until the Second World War. Second, and the Russians come in. Exactly. And they are brutalized and they forget to sing. They forget to live. They forget to have their own heart again. And then the Soviets take over and will just force um, Soviet propaganda songs on them. They're not allowed to sing any of their nationalist songs. And finally, in the 1980s, as we know, throughout Europe, something magical happened throughout Europe in the 1980s. In in Estonia and in Latvia and Lithuania, they decided they dared to sing their old songs again. So first, in the summer of 1987, 10,000 people sing their songs. Okay, they gather. In the summer of 1988, 300,000 people gather in one spot in the singing bowl, the singing ark, the area that they used to always sing from 1863 on. And 300,000 sing for freedom, for peace. And as we know, you know, Gorbachev and Moscow are frightened. They don't, you know, their security, their power is in threat, so they don't invade. And then the ultimate point, in 1989, 2 million people gather in a chain from Vilnius through Riga up to Tallinn. So Vilnius in the south, in Lithuania, Riga in Latvia, up to Tallinn in Estonia. And they, they hold hands, 2 million people over 600 kilometers, and they sing. For peace. You're
0: kidding no, me.
1: No, and immediately it was thought this was going to be another Tiananmen Square. And the ta- the Soviets are going to bring the tanks in, as as was done in Poland, as was done in the Czech Republic, as done in Hungary, as done every time there was a public revolt. But these they were just singing. That was all they were doing. And so the Russians didn't know how to how to react. Next year, by nineteen ninety, they were allowed free elections. Nineteen ninety one, they were free. Only through the power of song. And the one that, I mean to my shame, I never mentioned it. The song, the song Cathedral, the song Ark is still there, right in the heart. It was built in the 1960s. It was the first modern building the Estonians built when they had a sense of themselves again. And to, to get to feel that story, and particularly your guide will probably be someone who was out there singing in 87, 88, 89, knowing that at any moment they could be shot at. It's a beautiful story of revolution from a completely different angle. I just, I don't
0: know whether you're going to, you probably are not, but Paris reminded me. The only revolutionary type tour I've been on in France Mm. is in the city of Toulouse. Mm -hmm. And you get a guy there and they take you around because Napoleon stabled his horses in the cathedral. (laughs) <laughs> and they bring you into the cathedral and the Dominican friars were great preachers and they used to go down there and then the the, 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 the Christians the, the basic Christians were in, in um, they weren't liked by the Catholics I forget what the they were called the, 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 ca- yeah, yeah. ca- the, the Cahars the Cahars the Cahars and the bishop led the troops in right and he said kill them all men, women and children kill them all God will know his own (laughs) so sorry for interrupting but that was Toulouse I really like
1: Toulouse so now we're off somewhere I suspect Yes. you're going to go somewhere I like yeah I want to go back go just where you were two or three weeks ago like Boston back to Boston and like you know I mean there's different American cities hold different claims to fame but without doubt Boston is has the rebellious reputation and they still have this nonconformist spirit you know and it dates back right to the first days of the free of the religious free Thinkers uh, who are fleeing the dictates of the English Crown, and they settled. They settled in Boston. But then a century later, they suddenly realise that actually the control of the English Crown has followed them. And you know what, what we get then is the Boston Tea Party. Um, and that's just a name for for many of us, or we just think of it as the modern, you know, Republican Tea Party Brigade. Bostonians really give it to a good example of exploring what that revolutionary spirit, what where it sprang from, and what the, some of the, the repercussions of it was. So it, I sp- yeah, yeah, it's good now. It's, yeah, I mean, it's really accessible. It's not. This it is not profound, you know, textbook history, but it's really engaging. So, for example, for the Boston Tea Party, which was basically you know them hauling uh, 342 chests of tea into the sea in you know in 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 opposition to having to pay tax on the tea, they've recreated two of the original. Uh, boats. So in I Griffin's, saw them when it was over there. Yeah. 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 So the Eleanor and the we and the the Beaver, which was a whaling boat, they're anchored now in Griffin's uh, Wharf. They're fully rigged out as replica Tea Party ships, and you board this this 18th century ve- vessel to to in, to experience the whole thing. It's a family event. Like so, as I was saying, it's not the most austere historical experience. What you do is you you get an opportunity to throw a big crate of of tea into the water and to chant the great cra- the chant that went out um that the at the time in 1773 what is it you know Boston Harbour a tea party tonight so you haul the the big tea chest into the water you shout this take your photo and then there's there's ropes attached to the the crates and they're pulled up again for the next crowd to do it after you but the thing is that will stay that moment of that incident in history will stay in a kid's mind
0: because wasn't that where the other phrase came up something about what is it no tax no representation or something like that wasn't didn't that come from Boston exactly phrase something like that yeah
1: but I won't know the exact quote no that's okay and
0: other places yeah like I do? mean David
1: so as, as I said that's not the most historical but there's a really good museum just at, on the wharf beside the wharf and it's like it goes into more detail in the whole it's full of like as you can imagine America there's virtual reality things there's a multimedia there's a debate there a, like a live virtual debate between King George the third and Sam Adams despite the fact they never actually met never had the debate but it's a really visceral way of explaining both of their All passions right. one coming and then them. you could drink Sam Adams which is a famous beer you over see, there exactly exactly a very good ale um, yeah, so the other thing is then, uh, that obviously led to the uh, the whole Revolutionary War, uh, and the main signs of that are are sort of settled along the Freedom Trail, which is like a two, I'm sure you saw it, it's a 2.5 mile route, a red brick road through the centre of Boston, yeah. and it links the different museums and churches and the meeting houses, More, I mean, most particularly, I suppose, is the home of Paul Revere, which is a classic you know, recreation. Well, it's not. It's the original. It's Paul Revere's original home from the 1770s with the narrow roofs and the. Where he rode small.
0: off with the news.
1: Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, no, because yeah, just down the road from that is the old North Church, which was where the 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 priest. Or he wasn't the priest at the time, but the um the sexton hung the two lanterns to tell Paul Revere that the that the British the English troops were coming across the sea, and then he, as you said, rode off. But he didn't rode off from there. He rode off from a cafe, and you can still a restaurant. You can still eat in that restaurant it's called the Green Dragon Tavern so it was where the whole Boston Tea Party was planned I know it I was there this trip and again I mean it's accessible to tourists it's crowded most of the time but it is full. it's It's the location where these happen where the revolution but there's a
0: great hotel here now you can't go away from Boston without the hotel
1: yeah so I mean the thing is you don't want to check into an 18th century hotel because they were cramped and miserly miserly and had low rooms but the the main the proud Hotel of Boston is the Omni Parker Hotel built in 1855 uh, so, you know, clearly it's a century too late, but it has all that decadence of 19th century um, American culture. It was where um, Dickens used to say, stay. And in fact, he read the first chapters of his Christmas Carol there. But it does have revolutionary lineage. So uh, Ho Chi Minh used to work there as a baker and, and um, Malcolm X used to work there as a busboy. Uh, And across from it is called
0: something Chris is a steakhouse. Don't go. Oh, right. Overexpensive, Uh average food. But the the Omni Parker, it's a terribly difficult hotel to get to. The narrow streets, traffic's terrible. Mm. But uh, it's a great place. Don't go to the steakhouse across the road. Fair enough.
1: And it was the very first hotel in in America to have uh, elevator service and running water. It now now has other. All right. Right at the beginning.
0: Yes. You mentioned. Man, I can remember. I was I was I I remember watching Pat Day news mm. when he first came to London mm. uh, to meet the British Prime Minister. Gandhi close, like i, I remember yeah. Uh, yeah. Now tell me about India. I yeah. Ingrid won't go.
1: And uh. I so want to go to <laughs> India. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I ne- so I need to do future program. which you remember we looked at a program at the hill stations in Darjeeling. The yeah. There's a few other easy ways into India and a future programs will look at that. But clearly like, you know, uh if we when you're talking about the Irish Revolution, who wanted are inspired most was the Indian Revolution you know. Gandhi and Nehru always say they were inspired by what Michael Collins and Dev were That's doing That's right yeah? So the problem is you know Gandhi's greatest act was the Salt March but it's in a remote area of Gujarat that not many people go to and there's not much there by way of tourism So I suppose what we're looking at is Gandhi in Delhi and there it's the last 144 days of his life before he was executed or before he was murdered in 1948 Assassinated assassinated, assassinated word, in yeah. 1948 So he stayed in what is now known as the Gandhi Shmitri, which is Gandhi Remembrance. And it's basically... A modest enough house, and his bedroom and his living rooms are perfectly preserved as he would have left them, with his like with his little spinning wheel and his walking stick and his little wire rim glasses. It's very moving, and upstairs are all these dioramas, these little incidents from his life, set out in tiny 1950s uh, television screens. Uh, there, it's really movingly done. Just the pivotal points of his transformation and the visions he had, and then outside in the gardens are footsteps laid in concrete leading to the point where, as I said, he was assassinated on the 13th of January, 1948, um, after campaigning against intercommunal violence. Yeah, in,
0: because at this point the the Muslims and the Hindus are at each other's throats, leading it. to the partition of India exactly. under Mountbatten. That's it. Uh, and Pakistan, the formation of Pakistan. Yeah,
1: and so the other, I suppose, point in Delhi to look at in regard to that is Mountbatten's last home, in other words, the viceregal lodge, right, uh, the yeah. viceroy's palace, in fact. Um, and it was this last symbol created by the great Amer- British architect Lutyens as a symbol of, of English power, of the it had uh, three hundred and forty rooms. It had one point five miles of corridor within it. Six thousand servants. Uh, Fifty no, was it three hundred? Uh, Fifty of them employed just to scare away birds from the front lawn. Like a building to show the absolute power of the English might. Where but where Mountbatten would have to m- had his meetings with Nehru and Gandhi. Where Ger- Gandhi would cr- come up in his <coughs> in his you know weather beaten sandals and his homespun. Blanket wrapped around him to have these meetings. It's now the it's now called the Rashprati Bhavan. It's the um, the presidential sort of house and the, and the president's residence. But it shows the absolute division between what okay. Gandhi was staying for. Again, if you're staying in a stay in the Imperial um, Hotel, uh, it's like this. It's where the British would have stayed on Janpath. All
0: right, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get Delhi lots of ways, but Turkish Airlines doing a lot of stuff out of Dublin now, Tough. and they'll probably get to the cheapest there. way. Yeah. All right, so it's Tuesday travel, on again, revolutionary tours, and he'll be back next week with who knows what.